0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are in the middle of our series entitled All and Nothing. This is the third installment. Let me or allow me to introduce our speaker for this afternoon, all right? So, JJ has been part of our team uh, since uh, April. He's uh, uh, currently serving in the pastoral care uh, department, pastoral care ministry. And just a few days from now, he will be enrolling in the Every Nation School of Leadership, where Jay will receive the necessary training and also impartation to prepare him to be one of our pastors here in Vic. So, would you help me welcome our preacher this evening? A brother in the Lord, a servant of God, JJ Basada. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you very much, Pastor Rain. Good afternoon, everyone. Kitan ako sa likod. Yeah, I'm Jay. I'm one of the many leaders here in Victory. I was part of the team. Um I have become a part of a team just months ago, and before that, I was teaching, okay? So I'm I'm sure we'll have recitation today. Okay lang ba? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I hope you're happy you're here. Are you? Can you look at the person right next to you? Can you check if that person's happy they're here? Okay, if hindi masyado, it's okay. I hope that God will make you happy today. <laughs> Are you excited about that? I am excited about that. And uh as what Pastor Rain had said, we have been going through the series entitled All and Nothing. In the past two weeks, Pastor Ariel, now with he's with our mates, our mites in Australia, um he has been talking about the book of Colossians, okay, which is actually a letter. Okay, this letter was written to a group of people in Colosse, And um in the first week we said that. Paul prayed that the people of God may be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. Do you want to know that? The will of God. Right? You know, we all want to know the will of God. Right, singles? Nah. (laughs) But we we want to know. Whether you're single, whether you're you're married, or or you're in your retirement, you still want to know the will of God. Paul prayed that for the people in Colossians. And and Colossae. Um, Also, last week we talked about the preeminence. Of Jesus Christ. Can you say that? Preeminence. Okay, that means He is all God. He is above all things. He is the glorified God beyond all these things. And we said that all and nothing is a series where we talk about that Jesus is all that we need and nothing that we add to it makes it any better. In fact, we can say that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So, um, as I start this afternoon, we somehow have to figure out our way into navigating and understanding the book of Colossians. Because um, somehow, it's a letter written to a group of people thousands of years ago. But to fully understand it, you understand trending, uh, hashtag trending, you know that? Okay, like like, um, Rio 2016, right? Who among you watched this? We got our silver medal in weightlifting. Praise God for that, right, okay? There are a lot of things that are trending around us, okay also, these people are trending every now and then. say open uh, our my social network um, sites. there are you know news about these guys in the same manner the people in Colise, that city, this city yeah surrounding them are a lot of ideas, trending ideas about who Jesus is. And while they don't have internet, they actually, since they are a city which a lot of people flock into, information about who Jesus Christ is spreading. And slowly, it's catching up to the church. So Paul had to tell them, you ought to know who this Jesus really is. He had to remind them who this Jesus really is. That is why in this Part of this series, we will talk about the fullness that we have in Christ. My first memory of Jesus, I remember, was when, was when I was in church. Okay, my grandmother, um, a very loving grandmother, would always hush me and saying, "Shh, magagalit so si Jesus, ang mo yeah. And so I thought Jesus was this angry guy in heaven waiting for me to do something wrong. And we all have an idea about who Jesus is, right? In fact, in this room right here, right now, if I mention the name Jesus, your mind will be filled with something. Maybe an image of a European man, long hair, slender, gentle speaking, glowing skin, right? See, our idea of Jesus is very important. Because what we know about this Jesus will not only affect this lifetime, but affects our lifetime. That is why Paul had to tell these people, you ought to know this Jesus with what the Word says. That is why we're opening in the second chapter of the book of Colossians. And since this is a letter, nobody reads a letter in the middle of things, right? So that's why I've been talking about this. We ought to understand that they have been struggling with who this Jesus is. And Paul had to clarify it. And we'll be reading in this part of the letter where he talks about who this Jesus is. Let's go and all stand up. May I invite you to Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 9? As we read, let's all read. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition according to the eternal spirit elemental spirits of the world and not according to christ for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily verse 10 and you have been filled in him who is the head the rule and authority let's pray father give us understanding of your word Clarify in our hearts who you are, O God, that we may be filled in you. May we embrace, O God, who you are today and rejoice in your victory on the cross. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen Amen. and amen. You may now take your seat. And as I was saying, we're talking about our fullness in Christ. And the issue in the church of Colossae is not something unfamiliar to us. When I was in college, I used to eat in this... uh, um, canteen and there's this place where they place a baby image of Jesus. Beside it is a Chinese Buddha, fat, gold, yeah. and beside that is the Chinese cat, you no, know, rapper na cat. And uh, in my mind, when I was younger, di ka nagaaway-away to mga to. And when you think about this, this is the issue of the Colossian Church people don't know who this Jesus is fully, therefore they add to it. See, if you do not fully know God, our tendency is to find something to complete Him. And that's the issue of syncretism we find in the church in Colossae. Now, this issue is so big, so important, because if we do not fully understand Christ, we are going to be lost. See, we can get some things wrong, and it will affect our lifetime. For example, my mom's name in her birth certificate is wrong. Have you ever experienced that? You know, some of us, huh? her name really is Ermilinda, but in her birth certificate, it's Emily. Okay? I don't know who, who had a problem, maybe the nurse, while uh, writing it, maybe the register, maybe my mom, my Lola was so dizzy, she cannot say the right word, but in fact, her name is wrong, and until today we were still struggling with it. We have to file several things. You have to go see that error, okay, in her name affected her lifetime, and is affecting our lifetime. But when we get Jesus Christ wrong, that would not only affect our lifetime; it would uh, affect our eternity. That's why we need to get it right. That's why we need, that's why Paul had to write this letter clarifying this Jesus Christ. When we look at this letter, chapter 2, verse 6 tells us, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord. So there's this assumption that they already know this Jesus, they already have an idea of this Jesus. Now, all across this room, I'd like you to think about this who is Jesus? for some of us, maybe Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I see, Jesus. But for some of us, He may be a good guy. You know, Some of us, we go to church and we enjoy it. Some of us, Jesus is that God so far away from me. For some of us, this is that Jewish guy who lived on earth, died on the cross. So on. See, this question is so important. Because I cannot begin to discuss the fullness that we have in this Jesus if we do not know Him. Right? It is very impossible. You know, think about it. If, if a stranger were to, will, will go to you and tell you, Hey, would you marry me? <laughs> would you? <laughs> yeah? No. <laughs> no. I mean, for most of us, no. <laughs> for most of us. <laughs> Because that entails a lifetime of relationship, right? That if I don't know this guy, I might not end up okay, right? This Jesus is asking for a lifetime of relationship. Not only that, he's asking for an eternity of relationship. Do you know him? Does this Jesus excite us? Last week, we talked about pre- the preeminence of Christ. And I enjoyed the science lecture of Pastor Ariel. Did you? Uh, the Pollux and the Rigel and the, you know, the stars in the sky. All I know is they're twinkle, twinkle little star, right? But they're so big and humongous. And God created them. But knowing that this Jesus is that God, how does this align ourselves, how does this fill us, really? Now, I'm going to talk about, in in a little, uh, very, very short time, the fullness of Jesus Christ. Because again, before I even talk about the fullness that we have in Christ, I need to talk about the fullness of Jesus Christ. You see, there are so many things that I can read in the Bible about Jesus Christ. There's so many things in the internet that I can read about Jesus Christ. And maybe your friend has told you about Jesus Christ. But who is he really? Very quickly, we can look at Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, and this points out something so interesting. For in him, can you already go? In him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. The whole godness of God, the whole nature of God dwells in Jesus. Can you just imagine this? The creator of that expanse of a universe. Right now, we're around 7 point something billion people in this earth. In this room right here, maybe around 1,200. Just imagine, this is 1,200. Multiply this to 10,000. More, until we reach 1 billion. In your mind, that's how much people. And this God created all of them. Now, multiply that imagination to the expanse of the universe. And this God who created all of those things, step on earth and introduce himself to us. You know, there are a lot of things that I can talk about Jesus. But just to summarize it, just for our discussion today, I'll say that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is love. And, and I say this with um, a lot of reservations because, again, there are just so many things About Jesus that maybe I'm not being able to encapsulate in this statement. But I'll say this. Jesus is Lord. Meaning He owns everything. He is above everything. He owns you and me. He owns everything in this world. In this universe. He created them. He can command all of these things. And at the same time. He is love. Meaning He is the grace embodied. He is the hand that reached out to us. He is Jesus Lord, and love. Exciting thing, right? Not really. <laughs> but this is an exciting thing. This excites me because this fullness of God, this fullness of God should fill us. This Jesus is Lord and love in so many ways should fill us. Now, Paul was reminding the church that they should not be captive by philosophies around them. Now, why is this? In the present day, we don't have as much philosophies, really, narrated in this lifetime. But really, right now, we are entrapped in such a world where we're captive with a pocket-sized kind of Jesus. A Jesus that's convenient. Right? A Jesus that's fun, happy, enjoy, and that's it. A Jesus that's incomplete. Now for some of us, we have bought into the kind of Jesus I was introduced to. Big guy with lightning bolt on his hand. If I do something wrong, (laughs) see this Jesus is Lord and love. That's why when we look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, he was telling them, let no one take captive of you. Now, in the original text, these words, take captive of you, means to entice you. You know? Para akitin tayo. Let no one entice you to. Wag kang magpaakit sa kanila. Sa kanya. Hindi. <laughs> Do not let these things around you entice you. And what are those things? Those are philosophies that are empty. Promises that are empty. See? wag magpapaakit sa mga pangakong walang laman. Promises that are empty. According to what? Human tradition. And also, according to elemental spirits. I can go on and on discussing what these things are. But simply, okay, Paul was reminding them that you ought to protect how you know Christ. You ought to understand that around you are ideas against this Jesus. And the fact is this, what captivates us can control us. What excites our hearts, what gives us joy, can actually become the steering wheel that would drive us somewhere. What excites you? What entices your heart? Is it the worship of God on a Sunday afternoon? When you enter this room, does it excite you to lift your hands in worship? I haven't seen a guy ride a roller coaster and go like this. They're all... Why? Because somewhere deep inside their heart, they're captivated, right? When you're captivated, something in you moves you. And Paul knows this. That's why he had to warn them. What captivates you guys? What are those things that occupies your mind, your heart, and would dwell out into what you do. Do not be captive of things around you which is not Christ. See, in a modern world, we're captive of maybe some of the things around us. Some of us captive of these things. Weapons of mass distraction. (laughs) Distraction. We have uh, blogs, Facebook, Twitter... I don't know what's the other T. Tumblr, okay, Wikipedia and YouTube. You know, and we can be so captivated by these things. Uh, a good friend of mine would joke: um, most people go to Facebook first before the Facebook <laughs> notifications, likes, messages, whatever, because it captivates us. What's interesting with these kind of things is that each flick that we do makes our hearts excited. Oh, oh, oh. These things can control us. We might not have as much philosophy, (laughs) but this can make us captive. Some of us are captive of work and money and resources driven by... uh, Maybe it's not going to be enough, so I have to. Maybe my work's going not going to be enough, so I have to not pay my taxes. Or maybe if I do this right, maybe it's not going to be enough. Are we captive of our work? Some of us are captives of relationships. You complete me. Huh? <laughs> You see, if we understand the fullness of Christ, we understand that we have that fullness as well. And we will not search for anything else to complete us. Because we're complete in Christ. Some of us... Ouch, I skipped na. <laughs> Some of us are, are just so enticed captives of our hobbies. Hobbies na lang. <laughs> see... Paul was telling them, be careful what you're enticed with. Be careful with what you link your heart to. Be careful what you believe in. Because if you do not understand the fullness of Christ, you will end up looking for something to complete it for you. That's a very dangerous thing. That's why Paul said, for in him, can you read the whole? Fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been in Him, who is the head of all rule and authority. So when you think about these verses, try and take a look. This is one of the most beautiful lines that you can see in this letter. chapter Verse 9, he says, This is the God of the universe coming to you, and this God of the universe who came to you, came to fill you. Wow. Let me say that again. This is the God of the universe who came down in this earth so that you will feel fulfilled. So that you are complete. You and me, complete in Him. And that's the reason. See, if only we look at this text, we should understand that we have our fullness in Christ. We have our fullness in Christ. See, we can go on and on and on looking for something to satisfy our hearts but end up still wanting. And how many times have we tried it? How many times have we tried wanting thirsty for water but all we drink is soft drinks? (laughs) End up more thirsty. More thirsty. We feel filled but we're still thirsty. We need to find our fullness in Christ. See, let's look at what Paul says about this fullness. Therefore, as you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord so walk in Him, and He uses these words. One, you are rooted and built up. So, therefore, as you receive the fullness of Jesus Christ, this is what happens. You are rooted and built up. Like you think about this, Paul uses two languages here. One is of agriculture, roots, deep. There was a time in, uh, you know, the trees, acacia trees along the acacia road in Ayala, Alabang. Have you been there? No. Okay, lang. <laughs> but just imagine big acacia trees. But then after a st- strong storm, some of those trees just just fell down, and and um the ground. Underneath it, it's just broken. And big roots. When I read this, I just am reminded of that. When, when trees are rooted, they're firm. They're secure. They're built up. See, when, if we are complete in Christ, in Him, we have security in Christ. Can you say that? Security in Christ. See, um, this is a world of so much insecurity. Right? There's, this is a world where a lot of people are so insecure of what happens tomorrow. But Paul is saying, if you are complete in Christ, you understand that when you wake up tomorrow, you can be secured. That God holds your everything. Right? Amen. That when you wake up, in a day, you're not sure whether it's going to be good or bad. But you're, you're sure God's in control. That's security. You see, just like those trees, if they're rooted deep in the fullness of Christ, if we are rooted deep in the fullness of Christ, no amount of storm can actually sway us, pull us out of the ground. How secured are we in Christ See, the fullness of Christ secures us that tomorrow may not be okay, but I have my security in Him. Amen. <laughs> See, we may not be sure of what happens next. Paul does not guarantee them if you go and follow this Christ, is going to be a perfect life. No. But he is telling them If you are filled with this Christ, you can sleep in peace tonight because the Lord is still God. In that debt, in that sickness, in that pain, in that broken relationship, God is still God there. You can find security in Him and that will never change. Because if you are filled with God, there's security in Christ. The security that we have in Him is hinged unto the reality that He is God. The security that we have in Him is hinged in the reality that He will never change. You see, a heart filled with Christ has no room for doubts. A heart filled with the fullness of Christ just don't want to doubt about things. Why? Because in the heart of that person, he is sure, she is sure. My God is supreme. My God owns the universe. My God cares for me. Therefore, I am secured in Him. I am built and rooted in Him. Fullness of Christ means having security in Christ. See, some of us right now have doubts, have fears. Push that away with the fullness of Christ. See, we're not teaching you to believe in something that's just good talk. I'm not saying this because it seems to be right. I'm saying this because I have seen who this Christ is. And if you have seen this Christ, just the mere mention of His name Jesus excites you, right? Just the mere mention of, let's praise God, it excites you. Why? Why? Because if you've seen this Jesus, the Bible says, I have seen and tasted. If if we have tasted the goodness of Christ, all of the other things in this life, all of the other sins in this life, just becomes bitter. (laughs) You just don't like it in your mouth. Why? Because you have tasted the goodness of Christ. The fullness in Christ means... Being secure in Christ. Let's go and let's look further to the statement of Paul. Reminding them hey, you ought not to be captive of something, you ought to know this Jesus. We read further and we find the words abounding in what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You know, the thing about gratitude, it's it's hard to teach. I've been a teacher for seven years. And um and of course Gratitude is something that you expect of young people. But um, you'll notice this of young people. When you give them something, what do you tell them? What will you say? Because you're trying to teach them, be thankful, right? Because thankfulness, a lot of times, don't come naturally. But Paul was telling them this, that if you have the fullness of Christ, you're naturally thankful. You're living in a life of gratitude. In fact, gratitude is your lifestyle. Thank you, Lord, I'm alive. Thank you, Lord, I'm in my favorite seat in church. Thank you, Lord, it's cold. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, I'm not standing at the back. But if you are, thank you, Lord, I'm still here. (laughs) See, it's hard because a lot of things in life causes us to have problems and our automatic response is to find it, huh? Have you tried talking to those people? Like when you talk to them, they always have a qualm about this life. Ka naman? Pwede na? <laughs> <laughs> Boy parin? <laughs> With Paul saying this, I believe Christians should be the most thankful people on earth. Right? Right? We should be thankful for everything. And this is not not the kind of thanksgiving that's forced out of you. Like that kid being taught, what will you say? No. It's a natural thing that comes out of us when you're a Christian. When you understand the fullness of Christ, you're naturally thankful. Lord, I'm thankful I have a job. Even if my boss... I'm thankful I have a job. You know? I'm thankful if I don't have a job, that I'm looking for one. And if I cannot find, I'll still look for one. I'm thankful I can breathe this air. Sometimes it's polluted, Lord, but I'm thankful still. See, there's just so much ungratefulness in this world. The person right next to you should change it. Right? Right? When we go outside, and I, I learned this from a good friend of mine. Whenever you receive a service from a person, from, from um, groceries or whatnot, look at that person and say thank you. Like with, with real, genuine thankfulness. Thank you. And really, it, it can change that person's life. You may be the only person who smiled to that person that day with all the customers rushing in. Fullness in Christ results to thanksgiving. See, if we are filled with Christ, we have joy in Jesus. Not only that we have this wonderful security, we're also filled with joy. We're excited to live this life. Look at the person right next to you. Does that person look like a person excited to live? <laughs> See, if you're not excited, I hope God comforts you with this. Really, there's joy in Him. More than the joy your boyfriend or girlfriend can give you, more than the joy your family can give you, more than your career, more than the joy that chicken joy can give you. <laughs> No, no, really, there's so much joy in Jesus that it is infinity from here till we die until we see Him again and on and on and on till eternity. There's just much joy. Are you excited about this joy? Right? Because if we're not excited about this joy, we're going to look for this joy somewhere else. That's why Paul had to tell this. Paul had to put this in their mind that you have to find security in Christ. You have to find joy in Christ because if you don't, you will look for it somewhere else and that somewhere else will just lead you to destruction. See, I've heard a good friend of mine say, you know, I just don't like your Jesus because He's he's so full of Himself. And I paused to think, really? And I realized while reading scripture, that Jesus ought to be full of himself. He deserves that. But not only, he doesn't stop there. He goes on by saying, everything that he wants us to do is for us to find joy everlasting. This is not just for some egotistical idea. It is because it brings Him glory that we find joy in Him. That's why when we enter church and we go outside, do we carry this joy? The kind of joy that does not fade away when storms strike us. When our days don't go our way when someone in our family is sick or dying, when we cannot provide for our needs, does this joy stand still? Does this joy shine through the darkest clouds of our everyday struggles? Because that's the kind of joy Jesus can bring. When light pierces through dark clouds, it looks so beautiful, right? That's the image of the joy we have in Christ. It can pierce through the darkest clouds of your days, can fill you with the joy we have in Christ. We have this joy. Because only the fullness of Christ can bring full joy. And we can go on and on in this life trying to search for something to fill us, we'll never fit. It will always be a square peg in a circular hole, not fitting, because only God can fill that gap. We read further and we see that in him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with Him through faith. And the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead. Now, Paul shifts his examples to two things that we are familiar with, but we don't fully understand. Circumcision and baptism. Are you familiar with circumcision? Yeah, Asians are. Most Asians at least. Baptism. Are you familiar with Baptism. But these two things were understood in a very different mind in the earlier days. Circumcision was understood not as a hygienic purpose. We all understand that now today. But in the earlier days, it was understood in light of them being different from other guys in the crowd. And it was through the cutting off of the flesh that we were noted as Jews or the people of God. Baptism is another thing that they were baptized, buried, buried. In water, again, in our modern minds, when we look at this, what does this mean? Paul was pointing out something so interesting. He was talking about the putting off the body of the flesh and the burying of the self in baptism. He was talking about this. He was talking about the cutting off of the flesh of sin and burying the life of sin. In other letters of Paul, he talked about, you are a new creation, right? Right? See, this specific part of the scripture points to us that in in verse 13 and 14, you will see, and you were dead in your trespasses. And you are made alive in Christ. So Paul was teaching them, you are now dead. The part of you that desires sin, that desires the things of this world is dead. You're now made alive together with Him. And that your record of debt is now forgiven. Have you seen a record of debt? In the earlier days, um, a record of debt is something so familiar to people because it is a, a letter written for that person who owes you something, and a part of it is yours. And whenever that person pays, he brings that letter of debt to you and then pays the amount or whatever it is that um, that person owes the person. Paul used this illustration to say, You have a record of debt. May utang ka. And we look at the understanding of this. How many times have we not gone up to the standard of God? How many times have we not fulfilled our purpose? That's a record of debt. How many times have we chosen to enjoy the things of this world and not God? That's the record of debt. What happened to the record of debt? I was nailed on the cross. Imagine with me our debts. On and on and on, things we have done to hurt God nailed in Him on the cross. See, fullness in Christ means He took away our old self so that we can live a new life again. If you're here and um, you're hearing this for the first time, how oh, it happened? See, when we look at the scripture, it is telling us that Through Jesus Christ, we can live a new life. We have a new status in Christ. See, fullness in Christ means we have security in Him. Fullness in Christ means we have joy in Him. Fullness in Christ means we have a new status. Christianity, Jesus Christ didn't die so that He can make bad guys become good. He died so that he can make dead people alive again. That's me and you. We're dead to sin. We're on a one way path to our own demise. But God took us by our hearts and he saved us. All glory to him. Our status in Christ is victorious. He stripped away the powers of the rulers of this world. That means in the earlier days, they actually understood it as demons, making a public spectacle of them. See, the victory of Christ is a public one. Is your victory public? Is your status in Christ publicly known? I'm closing to landing this discussion on this part of the letter of Paul. And I'm reminded of this story about a grocery. The owner said, Okay, we will have a promo. From 8 to 9 in the morning tomorrow, the first 20 people that would fall in line outside the grocery can receive six baskets, six trolleys, and they can fill it with anything. 8 to 9. That's all the mother's dream here, right? You know? Alright. <laughs> you know? Shopping spree. (laughs) So, for eight to nine. So everybody flocked into the grocer, and the first twenty people came in, and then when they started, okay, eight o'clock, start! Everybody rushed into the places and got the, the more expensive ones, of course, imported too. Yeah. Got the, you know, the, the ones that are really bulky, and you know, they got everything that they want, and there's this young boy, that's walking in the aisle, carrying a basket, and he would do, This is so slow that the others are worried about this kid and said, What are you doing? This is for free. Get whatever you want. Go. And the boy confidently said, Why? This is my dad's. You see, friends, this is our status in Christ. This is your dad's. God owns everything. And here we are trying to fulfill and fill our baskets with so many things. When we can walk in peace in confidence, secured in our identity, this is my dad's. Healing for the sickness of my family, ma'am. this is my dad's. My financial needs, this is my dad's my salvation, this is my dad's. God owns the universe. And He is offering each and every one of us, can I fill you? When I read the scriptures, God is asking, would you allow me to fill you? Would you open your heart and allow God to be the sufficiency that we need? at the end of the day, He died and rose again for it. So many scriptures to point out to this beauty. But I land with Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here, this is not just a mere recitation of a name, nor a mere religious fact this is a reality in Romans they're accustomed to saying the name of the emperor is Lord that's why saying Jesus is Lord means you are taking a stand and you're saying this God is my God I will have no other let us pray Father thank you for this afternoon thank you that it is you who fills us oh God and that you never fail. Lord, some of us right here just needs you. We need you, oh God. Some of us right here in this place is in dire need of Jesus in your life. Your situation is too sour. But only the sweetness of Christ can change it. Some of us are here just lost in this world, God is inviting you. Come and be filled. Come and be satisfied. Come and find security. Come and find joy. If you're here right now, and you just need God, you just so need the Jesus Christ that gives security, gives joy, and gives a new status, why don't you raise your hand right now? If you're that person, you need God in your life, in your situation. I don't want you to be put on the spot, but I just want to pray for you, really. Just raise your hand. If you're saying, I need God in my situation, I don't know what it is actually. And maybe unforgiveness. And maybe pain from the past. Maybe it's uncertainty for the future. But I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for these people whose hands are raised. In fact, if your people are not raising their hands and they need you, Lord, touch their lives. Lord, show to them the all-glorified Jesus that can fill them. Secure their hearts that you have the answers to their questions. And maybe they won't know it, but having you is enough. Lord, if it is healing, I pray that your people be healed in this place right now. If this is unforgiveness, I pray that you give them the grace to let go of the pain and forgive that person. If this is a relationship that's broken, I pray that you restore it back, even better than it was. If this is a job that they need or a provision in their family, Lord, you own everything. Lord, we believe in you. That you would meet us, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.